a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Oakland Supercross wrap-up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Fly Racing, um, great company, and uh, Light Hydrogen Racewear continue to develop and improve its Light Hydrogen Racewear line through constant feedback from its amateur and pro athletes with the end goal always being to create the lightest, most breathable racewear on the market, the light hydrogen gear, some of the stuff that most of the top-level pros love to wear. Each panel has been carefully analyzed to ensure the rider has a maximum flexibility, breathability, and support where needed. Flyracing.com, designed for maximum stretch and maximum performance. That is the light hydrogen racewear line, and they make much more than gear, people. Uh, check them out, mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear, their hard parts line, flyracing.com. Proud sponsor of this podcast as well, and we thank those guys from uh, for coming online. And uh, okay, this is the Oakland Supercross wrap up. Lots to talk about, lots to get to. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, speaking of fly racing, uh, this man uh, won two titles in Germany. This man won two Montreal Supercrosses, and uh, he now works at FlyRacing.com. The Jason Thomas. I thought you were going to introduce Noof there. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, you know. But how's it going, JT? Uh, not too bad. Um, too bad. And oh, by the way, JT always sporting the fly puffy jacket. That is uh, that. I don't say always, but yeah, it's, uh, it's probably the warmest. Well, we have snowmobile stuff and warmer stuff, but, uh, but it the, is my. But the, it has been my favorite so far at the races in the 2017. Fly puffy jacket though is taking over the pits with fly riders. A lot of them sporting the fly puffy jacket. Yeah, we're flooding the market. Yeah. Uh, also on the line uh, from uh, uh, RacerX Online, my uh, my boss at RacerX Online, he's the voice of American Motocross, with Grant Langston, who put in a shift last Monday night on the Pulp MX show. Um, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? By the way, I run the uh, flat as well now. I've joined the brigade. No sense fighting it. Just. Just can't be to join it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of privateers. They say the same thing out there. Um, I mean, resistance is futile. <laughs> uh, Langston was in last Monday night, Wygant, and uh, he was something else. And that's your partner every every Saturday in the Nationals. Yeah, there's more. Um, you talk to, you hear from coaches saying other sports, and there's like, you know, there's some guys you got to pump up, and some guys got to calm down. Yeah. Um, the job is definitely to try to keep Grant within his boundaries, as opposed to get him fired up. That's not hard at all. No, not at all. Getting fired up, saying what he thinks, not a problem. Also on the uh, here doing the uh, podcast with with me in studio, he uh, former number six in Canada, uh, Canadian Moto winner here and there, Dash for Cash Arena Cross champion. Ryan, the new Flockhart. What's up, Noof? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. So, you were racing Germany against JT. Yes. 
And there was one race where you had the fastest time. There was, but he didn't believe it. We talked about this last year, and he still didn't believe it. So just, yeah. He just couldn't handle it. JT, you just, it was not possible I mean, for Noof to be faster than anybody else? Uh, I have no memory of this. I can say that going back through the results, it would have been unlikely. Um, <laughs> I don't disagree. I, I honestly don't remember the situation at all, so I will go with whatever Noof, however he remembers it, because I have no recollection. I mean, it wasn't like I was two seconds a lot faster on a 28 set. It was, like, real close, but the transponders don't lie. JT, transponders don't lie. Uh, okay. I've, I've made my peace with the results being the evidence, but <laughs> what city? What, what city was it? I'm I think good, it, I good think with it whatever. Was, uh, I think it was like Munich or something. Munich. Like that. Yeah. Uh, it was I, just one practice. Like, just give it to me for the one practice, and then we're. Good. I'm good with it. I, okay. I don't remember the issue at all, so I'm on a, obviously good with it. I'm like whatever. confident I didn't make the main that night, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> Which is so Germany racing. Like, goes doesn't matter how fast you are. Like, you, yeah. you could easily make the miss the main event. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Oakland Supercross. Uh, let's get right into this. We, um, Weed, you were not there. JT, you had to duck out early, which is unfortunate. And uh, so, but Newf and I were there. Um, first of all, let's talk about that track. Um, almost, I don't know if Indianapolis last year was. I think it was maybe Indianapolis was tougher, but JT, one of the tougher Supercross tracks we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, it was difficult. Um, I was surprised listening to the interviews and stuff because I, I feel like this was pretty normal. What? Back, you know? No, I don't know. I mean, it was it was ruddy yep. and it was soft and mm -hmm. whatever. But yep. go back and look at some of the '90s Supercross tracks. Uh, look at San Francisco a few years ago. Look at some of the the older tracks where we had a lot of weather. I mean, it's that's how Supercross is yep. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think I think luckily for a lot of these guys, Dirtworks has gotten so great at doing the track and and protecting the track that they don't face this very often. So it was tough. I, I guarantee those guys were having a hard time. My point was just really like, hey man, like this is how it was probably four or five races a year, you know, ten years ago or fifteen years ago. So I thought it was interesting to watch those guys go back yeah. to some of the some of the conditions that we faced almost, you know, on yeah. a monthly basis. <laughs> Seattle. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty normal, you right. know. Nobody nobody liked it. It wasn't something we looked forward to. It was just yeah. part of it, right? Um, yeah, pretty pretty gnarly conditions. Um, some of those guys knew f they were struggling. Yeah, I mean, I mean, watching all the practices, it was uh, it was interesting to see, you know, some of the B and C practices, Ooh. and the track was really hammered by that point. But um, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought you know the track was good considering the elements that I had to deal with. And if it that, was cool to see some, you know, how technical it got. With if that track's dry, it's a pretty sweet track. Like, I think it's awesome. Like Glendale-ish, you know? Yeah, like the back-to-back -back Dragon's Back was yep. cool, something we haven't seen in a while. Two and, sections uh, of whoops, got some sand that was all right. Yeah, you know? totally. And the and the rhythm was pretty big. And even though only a few guys were going the three, four or whatever, it was yep. uh, it was good. Yeah, it was uh, Have it was, you looked at, uh, sorry, have you looked at uh, Dallas yet? No. Oh man, you're gonna get what you're looking for. If you thought that track was cool, you're gonna you're gonna be pleased with what you see in Why? next weekend. Why? It's just really busy, lots of jumps, oh, okay. two sets of whoops, All like right. it's crazy amount of obstacles. I mean it's probably the most challenging track I've seen and you know the weather will be good inside yep. the dome, so yep. yeah, bring it. Bring it on. Well, we asked last week uh on the pod, we're like is Eli Tomac fixed? I leaned towards yes, this is it. I said he may not win in Oakland, but I said that um, he was fixed. JT, you were a little more on the fence about wanting to see it. And we, John, I don't remember what you said. But um, 
Yeah, he's fixed, Weege, huh? This is good? We're, 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 on, we're on point now? Oh, no, that wasn't good at all. Oh. Yeah, that didn't really prove. <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, this is legit. Uh, and uh, what I also think was key is that, uh, you know, there were a few theories, and I, I don't necessarily disagree. You know, I think the track happened to be maybe better for him in Glendale than it had been the previous three races. So I think the question was, was he fixed? Was his bike fixed? Or did he just you know, get a good start and he had a track that worked better for him than the first three rounds. But obviously something Dude. has changed because, I mean, it was maybe there were some elements Glendale-ish about this one, but this is two different lines, two different no. tracks, two yeah. different everything. Yeah. He still kicked out. Yeah. So it's pretty legit. But, hey, Weege, how bad did he look in the heat? Oh, my God. He jumped off the track at one point, off the finish line. He landed on the flat ground. He looked terrible in the heat. Looked, looked about as bad as Dunk. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's the scary part, and I'm sure we'll get into this here. There's, what's scary about Eli is these moments, they're, they're, it's like you can't hold on to them. They, they've either gone away in a massive crash. We've seen this before. And sometimes they just go away mysteriously, you know? And it's like, so what the heck was wrong in the first three races? What the heck got fixed at round four? What went back to being wrong in the heat? And then what got fixed in the main event? That fleetingness is what – makes you worry, yeah. you know, if you're looking at he's 17 points down, there's plenty of races to go. It's still, I don't know how many people would be lining to bet their money on Eli doing this over and over again, because for whatever reason, he's right. always had a tough time staying or repeating this level over and over and over. Uh, uh, he does get there, though. It's uh, pretty awesome, but he does. I spoke to the Cowboy guys. I said, what What happened after that heat? And they're like, no, nah, not much. We just, they changed the, they balanced the bike out a little bit with some sag. I don't know which way they went, but balanced it out a little bit more. Um, and and that was it, and that was the difference. And then he goes out in the semi and and wins it, and and he does that in the main. I mean, he was probably first lap of the AMA sheets have him in eighth. He was probably fifteenth, fourteenth, that first little bit when I when I looked at to see where he was at. He was so far back. Was it was it just the jump, or was it was it, it was, everything else? It was not just the jump. No, no, the jump was good though. Jump was pretty good. Um, I don't think it was just that. Um, but I think it – well, my question, I know it just wasn't the jump, but I, you wonder in those situations because that stuff snowballs. When you get the jump like that and you start mm -hmm. making time in one big section, then kind of a light goes on. You're like, I can catch him. I can catch Dunge because you, yeah. you make up so much time. And then the rest of the track starts to come together because you got so much confidence off of that. So, and it works, you know, kind of counterintuitively for Dungey, where he sees Eli do it, he's not willing to do it, he's getting killed there. So then that starts to screw up the rest of his track. So yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I think Eli was probably the better guy, but I think it would have been really close, and I don't think he would have been able to catch him at all. You know, I, I just think it changed the whole uh, outlook of the race when he started jumping that. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Um, Dunch hasn't been himself lately. He's looked all day long. Newf, I'll start with you. All day long, Dunge is, was fighting his bike, man. Did not look good in the whoops. Couldn't hit the turns right. Like, he just he didn't look good. And I don't know if it was bike or him, but. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I thought he just kind of was okay, and he was from one side to the other side of the track, and the whoops were not a strong point for him. Yeah. But He laid down a heater, and it was like sixth. Yeah, and when I was sitting there watching the heat, I mean, I couldn't remember the last time he actually got passed yep. out of a transfer spot in a heat race yep. to go to the semi. Yeah, Blake Baggett. Just yeah. see you later. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But then the main came, and 
he nailed the start, and I was like, oh, here oh, we go. I thought so, too. Here yeah. we go. It's yeah. going to be, you know, he's yeah. going to cruise, and then Eli started coming. I mean, I was looking at lap times. Eli was doing a second and a half to two seconds lap faster, about around lap 10 and 11. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Now, did Villeman said on the – I didn't look – Villeman said he only had the fourth fastest lap of the race, though, Tomac? I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't look. Keep in mind that's because – yeah, that's true. Really but keep in mind his charge didn't start until, you know, the track was shittier. So true. Of yes. course, yeah. Dunge was probably sprinting the – Dunge and Webb probably were sprinting those first three laps while Tomac was in ninth, you know? Yeah, Tomac's in traffic and everything else. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yep. But um, Dunge is, is – um, you know, he's doing Dunge things where he's coming through and, and getting a podium. Last week in Glendale, same thing. This week, uh, you know, another second place. But he's gone to the semis now, three weeks in a row. Not that great in practice for him. Put a disclaimer on that. Um, JT, is there a little? Is Dunge, uh, is something going on? I don't know. I think it's too early to to draw any hard conclusions because he's he's still turning it up in the main events, and whether he's getting you know first, second, or third, yep. he's still right in the mix. And if he, he really wants to break this thing down, he's increased his points lead every single week. So, um, you know that that race had to be disappointing for him to to have a three plus second lead, maybe even four at one. I think he actually got above five at one point, uh, and then. To have Tomac just basically catch him and, and there was nothing he could really do about it. There were some interesting things, too, because that's two weeks in a row where Dunge has basically decided not to jump a big rhythm section mm -hmm. that somebody right in front of him was doing. And he has the ability to do that. You know, the with, with Reed the week before in Glendale, he decided not to do that rhythm or, you know, couldn't make it consistently. Mm -hmm. And then he never tried the the big rhythm in, in um, mm -hmm. Oakland. So I don't know if that's a mental thing or if he's like, I'm not going to toss it away on one jump here. Um, but it's definitely cost him, I think, two Good. weeks in a row because you could make the argument that he would have beaten Reed. I don't know that that's the case, but possibly would have beaten Reed in Glendale had he jumped that section. And then you can make the same same argument, again, you know, uh, with beating Tomac. And, and those are both debatable, yeah. but definitely possible. Three, race, three weeks in a row in the semi-race. That's – yep. That's odd. Now, we're going to touch on the 250s, and I this isn't the exact same, but McElrath has gone to two LCQs last two weeks, and he's made it work for him to get on the box. But you can't keep dancing on that tightrope without it biting you. Now, it's not the same for Dunge. You know, he's not dancing on a tightrope like, like McElrath. But if he doesn't turn this thing around, those gate picks, the semi-races, that's the more time on the track. That kind of stuff will bite you eventually. He's got to – I'm not putting a panic button out, in case you guys are wondering. Panic button is not pulled out for Ryan Dungey. But uh, odd, very odd stretch of races here for him. You know, it's funny, before the race, um, you know, I'm following Twitter and other things more closely than I would be if I were at the race because I'm trying to get as much information as I can. And after the uh, heat race and the semi and all that, the amount of people – who were theorizing, and some of it's just fans, but some of it are, are, are people who've been around and, and maybe even have some some insight or whatnot, are like, he hasn't been the same after that Roxon crash. You can see how shaken up he was in the press conference. He's not pushing. He's riding worried. It, before the main, it seemed like people were really, really concerned. Then he fixed it or got it done or did whatever he needed to do. But it's definitely like a what's up with Dunge vibe, Yeah. Uh, even though he got second. Even though he misheard the question in the press conference and lashed out for no reason at all. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think that's what people re- are reacting to. Like, if he was undunge-like in the response to that question, that clearly must be some raw nerve. Like, right. seeing rocks and crash like that has affected him somehow. Now, you're always in trouble if you read too much into yes, a yes, I, press I, snippet or two from an athlete, but that's what we have to work on. I, I agree. Um, I think when you're at the level of Ryan Dungey, I don't think that stuff matters to you. You know, maybe. Who knows? You know, I don't know. But I can't imagine. I think it, it matters, but I don't know if it matters. No. On well, the, yeah. I'll ask, Newf and JT, you answer it. Is he actually thinking about Roxon while he's actually riding in the 20 minutes and one lap that matter? Maybe he's thinking about it on Tuesday or Saturday night after the race. But is he actually thinking about that in the race? Well, start with Newf. What do you think, Newf? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. he definitely has to be thinking about it. He, he said it, you know, like something like this could happen to any one of us. Um, you know, when the tracks kind of get gnarly and stuff, but, um, I mean, I don't know if he's thinking about it like during the race, but I think he's somewhat being cautious by, you know, an outsider looking in, but you know, at some point, I mean, we're still so early on in the series, he's going to have to start taking a few more risks. If, you know, Eli and, and Webb are jumping these big sections, he's going to have to step up here at some point. JT. Uh, I would say yes, but I think it's also his, his personality and his race strategy uh, at all to bring some Latin into this. Um, I just think that's how he approaches these races. I think he tries to minimize any, you know, unnecessary risk and he's never really been the guy that's going to bust out some section that nobody else is doing or be the first one to, you know, experiment with a section. He's usually the guy that says, okay, these guys are doing this. These guys are doing that. I'm going to take my dart fish software and I'm going to find out the fastest way. And if I can pull that, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to find a line that I can do for 21 minutes every single time perfectly. And in these last two races, we've seen that someone has been able to execute a rhythm section where a couple people have been able to, that have made a huge difference. And normally that's not the case. If you go to a one San Diego and I'm two, uh, there really, there really wasn't anything like that. You know, everybody did the exact same thing. So when we go to Dallas this weekend, if there's another section like that, I think we'll have to keep an eye on that because, you know, for a guy like Eli, he has to have it in the back of his mind now that like thinking that Ryan may be hesitant to bust out something big. And if, if I'm willing to, maybe I can mm-hmm. find an edge there. So uh, I'm sure Ryan's obviously aware of the situation. I'm sure Alden is, is probably in his ear like, hey, man, like you're the champ. You have the ability to bust this stuff out. You know, you just got to you just got to be willing to, to do it. And, it, and it's all about. Um, I think it's all about managing the risk too. You know, uh, this series is so long and yeah, Ryan's, Ryan's lost two races in a row. Um, and maybe he should have jumped those sections, but he has a 17 point lead, you know, and, yeah. and that's undeniable. You can't just, you can't just disregard everything and say he's had horrible weekends when he's gained a 10 point advantage over those two weekends where it's not mm-hmm. gone how he'd planned. Is it undeniable? Like new f- fastest practice time in M- Munich? No, because this is actually uh, everybody. This is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the truth we're talking about here. Um, but, JT, so you're now – you've seen enough. Eli Tomac is fixed. You're good? I would have to say so. Yep. Two totally yep. different tracks, different yep. different ways, different yeah, conditions, yeah. different yep. everything. Right. Yeah, so I, I would say so. He looks he looks great out there. Set up, bro. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, JT. It's yeah, up. you're a big proponent of no, that. Yeah, it's set up. They got that bike working. So, um, <laughs> Hey, having said that, like Webb gets third, first first podium of his 450 Supercross career. 
Now, Eli jumping that jump was really cool, and it was awesome to see a guy. I love when guys pull things out with that only no one else does or very few guys. Or I love that kind of stuff. Stu. Right? Stu. Stu. Like, yeah, right? I, I've, you guys, yeah. We don't need to get into Stu and my feelings about <laughs> Stu. Um, I love that stuff. Anyways, uh, having said that, the coolest moment of the race might have been Tomac getting alongside Webb after the finish, drag racing him out, passing him, and, and Webb checking up and jumping that rhythm back by Tomac. Perfectly. Ballsy, bro. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know where Tomac's going. Totally. Loved it. Loved yeah, it. it was good. That was my one of my favorite moments of the race. And he did it so perfectly and easy. Yeah. And that yeah, was a good pass. Um, and then, of course, but then he clanked the dragon back the next two corners yeah. later and, and, and Tomac got by him. But uh, Webb was good. Fastest qualifier, Weege. Uh, so Webb's, Webb's good. We're good. Forget about those early season races. Yeah, that's that's uh, crazy how much he's improved. I mean, now he's doing basically what we would have thought he would do. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think anyone expected him to be so good that he would just be smoking Dunge and Tomac, uh, yeah. you know, by the fifth race of his career. But getting third and learning and mixing it up with those guys, this is where he's probably expected to be. Mm-hmm. But I still am puzzled that, by the fact that they're not saying they made any bike changes. To see this dramatic a change, he's literally gained one whole lap of speed in three races. Went from getting lapped by third place to just getting third place. Uh, it, it's phenomenal how much of a difference. I guess it was really – I hate going here, but I guess it was all in his head. I guess it was. I guess the first race, <laughs> nervous, intimidated, whatever it was. And, I mean, you can see from this one, he's improving so rapidly. He's going to win one of these pretty soon. He's, you think? The fact that he could look over mid-race, learn from Tomac, figure that out, and then do it. When you can learn that quickly – and you got, whatever, 13 more races to do, he's going to figure it out and, and win one of these, I think. Uh, I don't know about the win one thing. I'm not as Really? Con- yeah, I'm not as confident about that. This was a great ride, and I think he's fixed, quote-unquote, but I don't know about win one because, I mean, one week ago he didn't get the start, and him and Marvin battled for ninth the entire main event. So, I don't yeah, but that know. That was Marv, who has also been a podium guy already, but that's yeah. not – I just saw what he the first couple laps when he was with Dunge, and you yep. can see he got to see him a little bit. Yep. Then he got to see Tomac a little bit. That's that's what Webb feeds off of. He figures things out and applies it probably better than anybody. So yeah, I, I you put him in this situation a few more times. And the fact that he figured that jump out midway through the race is crazy. How many guys can do that? Learn mid race. No, he did it. He it. did it in practice. Yeah, he did in practice. Yeah, still. Yeah. He even said in his post race interview, "I saw he was doing it, and then I." Right. knew I was going to have to start doing it. Like, there's not many guys that do that. No. Yeah. It's ballsy. So, uh, what do you think, JT? Yeah. Webb win one? You know what? After the first couple of rounds, I would have said no way, no how, forget about it, hopefully in, in 2018. But I can't rule it out now. Um, I think he's going to have to have the right scenario. And, you know, because I do think that Ryan and Eli are just – they're basically a bit, you know, a bit more in shape and more accustomed to things and have a little bit of speed edge over him still. So he's going to need those guys to have something go wrong. Bad start for Eli, Ryan to be off his game. And then he's going to have to hope for a guy like Reed or Marvin or Anderson or one of those guys not to be on their game too, because I think he's right in line with those guys. And he beat Marvin and and, uh, Jason this past weekend, but I don't think he's, he's, quote unquote better than those two i would put those two ahead of him still in a you know just in a vacuum type Mm -hmm. scenario so uh i i'm not ready to say he's going to win one but it wouldn't shock me either the way he's riding lately 
Anderson and Seeley went at it again. Pretty clean. Seeley got some banners and stuck in his rear brake. But I don't know if he would have held off Anderson anyways, but they were kind of the next group of guys and going at it. And it was clean, though. Noof, I didn't see any Anderson Seeley fireworks. No, I didn't either. And Anderson surprised me a little bit because he finally got a good start. Yep. He was up there in the in the lead group. And then he just kind of, we kind of chatted about it yesterday. He just kind of dropped slowly back a little bit. and But then he picked it up later on. But it was he was good late, at the but, end. But he was better at the end. His yeah. mid-race was not, uh, not good, and I'm sure he was disappointed. And the uh, Millsaps and Baggett now, Wigan, are starting to establish themselves as the next guys. I mean, Marvin can get in there. Marvin's had a couple of subpar for him races. But Millsaps and Baggett are that next group of guys, and they're getting to be that way. And both got, Baggett had some terrible luck to start the season, and Davey's been solid throughout. Davey's fifth in the points, so. Yeah, it kind of sucked for them. I think this track would have been really good for either one of them, and the results were obviously okay. But, uh, I mean, did you see Millsaps that heat race? I mean, he, he cased the crap out of a jump. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. He's, since every joint in his body, it's like uh, he's like in Denver. Like, every joint is smoked, bro. Like, <laughs> when he hits the ground like that, I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. And then he got a terrible start in the main, and he bounced back. Those ruddy, crappy conditions. That's really good for Millsaps, and then Baggett obviously with his outdoor skills, he's already did in the heat. Yep. Uh, I'm like, this could be a, this could be that night Forrest is waiting for. This could be the podium night. Still didn't come together. No. So uh, this is one of the better opportunities I thought for them, but they couldn't get it done. Like Noof said, JT Baggett in that heat race, impressive, impressive. Yeah, I mean those guys have it figured out. I think in every aspect of it, but the main events just haven't panned out for how they wanted. I mean, sixth and seventh isn't bad. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I know their aspirations and their expectations are higher than that, you know. So um, I don't think anyone's disappointed per se over there, but I think they're just kind of – they're getting tired of sixth and seventh. As <laughs> right. crazy as that is the sound in this class, um, I think both of them are aiming higher than that. I mean, look, and again, like credit to Blake. He rode great, but you just don't see Dunge get passed like that ever by a guy like Baggett. No. You, know, he, you just don't see that. So is that yeah, Blake? That, is that Blake being awesome, or is that Dunge? Is. You know, yeah, it is. Okay. I think it's both. Um, I think that track is one that Dungey doesn't. I think for for one, he feels like that's a track where bad things can happen. Like you can yeah, make yeah. big mistakes and crash and do stupid stuff on. So he's gonna, he's not gonna be willing to push the the edge. Like he, you know, he obviously wasn't willing to step it up with Eli in the main event. Uh, but I think he, uh, Blake rides those conditions very well. I mean, he's a past outdoor national champion. So um, I think that's part of it. And then Ryan just hasn't been all that great in the qualifiers this year. Uh, he hasn't been, you know, the the robotic, perfect Eli, or I'm sorry, uh, Ryan Dungey that we've seen in the past. So, you know, when the lights go on, though, in the main events, his starts are there and, and his riding is really, really good. But uh, the qualifying has seemed to be a struggle for him so far anyway. Um Mookie's been good in the heats. He's made uh, made the main event out of the heat all three weeks. You know, privateer. Let's fa- he's a full mm-hmm. privateer. That's there's no way to put it around. Uh, way, no way to 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 move around that. And, and so that's awesome. But he's getting frustrated. I talked to him after the race. I specifically went into the pits to talk to Mookie. I thought, hey, let's get a three race like evaluation on him. And he was bummed, man. Like I think I had I had to wait for Big James to ream him out. I think. I just I think that's what was going on. I was in the truck, and it seemed that way. Could be wrong. Uh, and after Big James laid into him, I, I talked to him, and you know he was a, Mookie's a, a bit bombed at his races. Like he's just like 
I'm crashing. You know, I didn't want to say, hey, you're getting tired. But he looks a bit tired, and he's getting better at that. Um, but he's been fast, and he's been good. So, I don't know. After three races, why get? How do you – how do you rank? How's your what's your level of Mookie fever? Uh, right where it should be. So I mean, I suppose that uh, means I have some of the fever, which is it's, you know, cause for something. Yeah, it's definitely ling- an attention grabber. It's lingering. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go straight to JT on this one. We did a little video before um, the main event at Anaheim too, which was his debut. And JT, you said looking for trouble around lap fourteen. And damn it all, if it hasn't been almost exactly that. 15 minutes in, thereabouts, lap 14, all three races. So I'm wondering if these crashes are a coincidence or if there's not a, a fatigue factor. I listened to his interview with you, and he's just bummed about the, you know, it's like it's bad luck. But yeah. I'm not sure. When it's the same minute almost of every race, it makes me think he's got 15 minutes in him right now, and he needs six more. Well, looking at his lap times, Noof, that was kind of like he – dropped off right around there yeah no totally and i mean his speed has been good like you said in the heat i mean he knows how long they are and he can sprint the whole time but i'm on the same thing as weeds like it's kind of a coincidence maybe that it's been around that same lap what what happens when you get tired you make mistakes and then you crash yeah and you just if you when you spend a couple years on the geico team you've you've got 15 minutes figured out that's basically what i'm learning (laughs) um my mookie fever My Mookie fever in practices in the heat races is high. Like, I need a doctor. <laughs> I need to get looked at. But then, yeah, in the mains, I'm better. I feel better. Feel better yeah. after, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as much. Um, the hard part for him is, you know, he, he obviously wasn't 100% prepared. He didn't have a ride. No. He didn't have a bike. There was all kinds of things going on that we've all kind of read and learned about. So it's impossible to have 21 or 22 minutes of fitness at that level going with that speed with those guys right away mm-hmm. it's impossible i don't care who you are coming in unprepared we saw it we've seen it with james and we're seeing it with mookie it's not going to turn out well so this will this will fix itself if he stays healthy and keeps going you know by you know round 10 round 11 he's going to race himself into shape mm-hmm. it's just going to be a struggle for a while those last five minutes that he's never done he's mm-hmm. never done those 450 main events like that week after week other than a couple rides here and there it just takes time. It's a lot of work to do and a lot of effort to, to get that level of fitness kind of up and running off the couch. Yeah. Um, Dean Wilson, uh, picked up by the Rockstar Husky team, knew if he gave his new employer maximum visibility by riding all three races. The most laps, for sure. And then got 10th. He got his season best finish in the main. So um, nice ride for Dino, who, you know, we found out this week, replaced Porcel on the team. And um, let's talk about that move a little bit. Uh, First up, I'll start with you, Weege. A little surprising. Like, we talked to Bobby Hewitt. You talk, I talked to Bobby Hewitt. You talked to Bobby Hewitt, the team manager there. Um, four races is a bit much to pull the plug on the 377. He hasn't been doing anything to speak of. Uh, but I'm, I was still surprised. I, I, if you had said, hey, round eight, they're going to you know, pick up Dino and, 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 and ditch Purcell, then that's cool. But uh, I thought it was a little early. But at the same time, I think it's a good move. I think Dean at this point is hungrier to do something. I think Dean's a better rider at this point. Uh, I think he's got more fans, more popularity um, for your brand of Husky and Rockstar. But I'm surprised after four that it was done. Well, I think that just shows that they knew what was happening behind the scenes, which is some lingering issues. You know, if he just said, I'm 100% and I'm fine and 
let's change a couple clickers here in round five, I will be there, like he often does, right? I mean, that's Porcell's M.O. Uh-huh. But clearly this time he was not saying it was coming. Like, he's messed up from this neck injury or the two neck injuries from last year, and he probably was saying, listen, I don't think I'm going to turn this around. <laughs> so if you want to look elsewhere, that's fine. You think Porcell was they saying that? I don't think Purcell was saying that. I don't know if he was saying that verbatim, but I believe between he and the team, they must have known this wasn't going to be the typical right. all of a sudden Purcell just busts out of six next week. Yeah. They, they must have known that this was not going to get fixed anytime soon. Right. Uh, yeah. JT, what did you think of the move? Uh, I think it was probably whether he's willing to admit it ever or not. I think I think a little bit of it was mutual on both sides. Um, I think Rockstar and Husky were probably – feeling that he wasn't getting the results that they were hoping for. So they were looking to make some sort of change. And then just from, just from Christoph's body language and the way he was riding and effort level in the main events and lots of different things that I was picking up on, I didn't feel like his heart was in it at all. Um, I didn't think, feel like he wanted to be out there. He had such a rough couple of first, you know, those first two rounds were just horrific for him. And then just watching him at, at Glendale, the last round he raced, I mean, there wasn't really much effort into that main event. And that just tells me that your heart's not in it. And if your heart's not in it, you probably shouldn't be out there. So I think, uh, you know, one day he'll look back on him and, and know that the time was right for him to go do something else. And then the team can, can get the results they want from, from Dino, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, Dean said he was, this is exactly what Dino has been saying. I want to bet on myself. I want to spend some of my money, uh, my own money to go racing and I want to get picked up and goddamn it worked. That was it. So, um, it worked better than he probably any scenario he probably put on the table. Yeah, this although better than any of them, like four races. I wonder, like how? I, I guess Yamaha can't be pissed, but I know they wanted him for outdoors for the Chad Reed spot. Um, but I guess if you can't do anything, you can't do anything. That's it, right? I mean, I just, you know, they're probably like, man, we, you know, we really want to keep him, but I guess not bad enough. I mean, so. there's still three more months of Supercross racing though, yeah. that he yeah. would have to just suck up and deal with. Right. You know? So right. Yeah. That's um, all, they, there are there are more Supercross rounds left than there are Outdoor Nationals combined, or yeah. maybe the same amount yeah. at this point. You um, know? So it's that's that's a tough thing to ask of somebody to just hang out until Outdoors get here. Yeah. I know the. We uh, want you super bad, but uh, we're going to ask you to drive your sprinter van across the country to get to the race. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, sleep in truck stops, shower in truck stops. Um, yeah. I, I I like Bobby Hewitt. Uh, I don't know him that well. He wasn't super pumped with me. We talked on track walk, which prevented me from walking the track. I was super, super bummed on that. But oh, um, Typical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's always something, right? But, I mean, he, he wasn't pumped the way I'm framing this on, on in Racerhead on RacerX Online, and he wasn't pumped on on uh, on some things on Twitter and same with, with people close to Purcell. But I just said to Bobby at some point, I'm like, look, Bobby, we're going to have to agree to disagree. If you look at this anyway, as you're replacing an underperforming rider, for whatever reasons, injury, you know, the neck injury from Washougal, whatever it is, you're replacing an underperforming rider with a better rider. I cannot, I cannot frame this in any way. It's a positive that you didn't fire him, that you found a home for him in Canadian Nationals, but that was not the plan. And this is not something that you know you're picking up an extra salary and Dean and everything else, or, or maybe Dean's on a bonus only program. I'm not exactly sure, but you can't. Frank, I mean, nice work by Rockstar Husky and Bobby Hewitt to keep Purcell in the family, but th- that's what this was. This was replacing an underperforming rider. So I don't understand why people are mad at me. I don't get that. But you know, yeah, when they people signed him, to an extent, 
Yeah, people are. Yeah, you're right. just another week. I, I give Hewitt uh, credit for just, and that's what I, you know, he's 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 from Texas. He, I don't think he's afraid to go up and say to someone's face. So I give him credit for having yeah. out with you. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine with Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Bobby yeah. said, "Hey, why don't you come uh, by?" When the, Bobby was on and, uh, Mm-hmm. Bobby said, come by the truck anytime. You're welcome anytime. And I said, well, you one rider vulgarly, uh, in, vul- in a vulgar way, <laughs> told me to do something to, you know, to him. Uh, your other rider, Marty Davalos, rightfully so, doesn't like me. Like, I've, I've hammered on Marty for many things. <laughs> rightfully so, in my eyes. And, and your other rider, Purcell, also does not like me. I said, Bobby, so I can only come by when Osborne's around. And so he was laughing. He laughed a little bit of that. I'm like, just, I'm just saying, I don't want to make things weird in your truck, Bobby, by just yeah. coming in, you know? So uh, I don't know. But I'm wondering if I should I even be like, those are all three of my Atlas guys that yeah. really don't like you. And I'm starting yeah. to not yeah. like you. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so. So. I was going to back you up, Mathis. Yeah, when they had Porcel in 16 and they announced that he had, you know, two, they were going to extend him to 17 and 18. Okay, maybe they talked about long term also, but I'm sure in the at the end of 16, when they extended him for 17 and 18, the plan was to race Supercross and Motocross in the U.S. both seasons full time and do well. Of course. Like that's, that's yeah. the plan. It wasn't maybe you'll do something, maybe you won't. It's fine either way. We don't. Yeah. We don't know how it's going to go. The yeah. expectation was for it to go well. That's why you signed someone. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, whatever. Um, see how that goes. Uh, Chad Reed, JT. He was not good. He was not good. Yeah, and this is uh, this is. I don't know if this is the this the chicken or the egg, basically conundrum. I know him, and I know his thought process, and I know going into this weekend when he saw the weather and he saw the dirt that he he was deflated. Uh, I know, I just know how his mind works with with that bike and what he feels, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's in his head or not. He doesn't feel that he jives with that bike on soft dirt. Uh, Obviously, Cooper Webb does. So I don't think you can just say it's just a bike and move on. You know, there's obviously more to it. But that doesn't matter if if Chad thinks that he's going to struggle going in, mm-hmm. he's probably going to struggle, you know. So I know that the team and and people close to him that knew that were pretty frustrated with that because he would go in on race day and and be bummed out before you even swung a leg over the bike. So I kind of saw that play out. He never looked great um, all day and night, and you know his result reflects that. And you know I guess we're past it now, but. That's tough when you have races like St. Louis and Atlanta and, and Toronto and all these races coming up that are soft dirt and, mm-hmm. and likely will be ruddy. Going in with a, a you know a defeated feeling is that's tough. So for this weekend going into Dallas, he'll probably be pumped. He'll be smiling and happy and right. probably put in a good result. But they got to sort something out there, whether they look at what Cooper's doing or compare you know data or do something because it's too long of a season and too many more soft races to go in feeling beat before you get there. He literally got eighth just because he was Chad Reed, like because he was in shape. He didn't make mistakes because he you know he can ride. We all know that mm-hmm. and just pick dudes off like just nothing spectacular. Just literally got eighth off his like muscle memory, um, because he wasn't doing much out there, you know. Good. Yeah, and, and I think I think honestly having Cooper as as frustrated as he probably was getting beat by Cooper and Cooper being fastest qualifier and heat race winner and all that stuff, I think it's going to do positive for him because 
there's no way he can just say, well, the bike is just not good in these conditions. Well, obviously it is. You know, it can yeah. be ridden very yeah. well in those conditions. So yeah, he's going to have to face that. Dude, he's so – like if you said, hey, look, the bike works good for Chad or for Cooper Webb, Chad would be like, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. I know, but <laughs> it, it's going to be hard for him to – whether regardless of what he says outwardly – Yeah. Inside his own mind, he's going to have to face that and be like, crap, like maybe it's me, maybe it is me, and I need to sort this out. Yeah, yeah. He can't just blame the bike when, when Cooper was on fire all day. Yeah. I mean, he was killing it. So I think, uh, I think whether he admits that to you or me, because he probably would never, right. never let that come out of his mouth, right. that he was wrong or anything like that. That's just not how he works. Um, but he's going to have to face that on, you know, somewhere deep down inside him. He's going to have to look at that and, and try to figure this thing out. Uh, speaking of uh, people who not liking me, the people who do like me now, why Gant? The Moto Concepts team. I am back in. Uh, went over there after the race, talked to Brayton. Of course, you know Brayton. Brayton's as good as it gets, Weed. You know that. But uh, oh, yeah. Vince Freeze came over, said, hey, man, thanks for everything you've been saying about me. I, he said, he goes, I used to think that you didn't like me at all and everything I did was bad. But I heard you, and I guess you just call it like you see it. And then Genova comes over. The owner, Mike Genova, says, come by any time. We're good. You and I are good. And, you know, Tony and I have been growing down. I helped Tony get a deal on sprockets for his team from the folks at Vortex. So, like. You got a new home over there. I am back in, baby. <laughs> I'm back. I, at one time, no member of Vodacomptus was allowed to be interviewed by me. Was not allowed to be on my shows. And I am back. You got a nice, a nice little spot over there. <laughs> I'll be over at MCR if you guys need me. All right. Yep. Do they have catering? I need to check into this. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> do a little research this yeah, week. Yeah, I don't know if they Dallas. do a lot of catering, but I, you know, I am in over there, and uh, Vince Freeze is uh, happy that I told the truth. I stood up oh. against against you bullies, you two bullies, and uh, uh-huh. and uh, I am uh, I am all in now. So. I thought yeah, this should was like wrong. Your alliance over there should go great until the next time something goes haywire. <laughs> I, feel, I feel it is a tenuous relationship still. <laughs> <laughs> so I like how this works. This is, this is how it always works. Right. So uh, before, when you would say, if you said anything bad about Freezy, that was just because you were a biased hater. Yep. But once you defended him, now you're telling it like it is. Yes, yes. Correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now you're telling You finally come around to tell the truth. Anything right. bad was a lie. Well, and I told, uh, I said to Vince, yep. and Newf, I don't know if you heard this part because you were standing there, but I said to Vince, sometimes you do stupid things, Vince. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> and I go, so that's when I call it out that, you know, that these things are, are, are stupid. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we talked about the Anderson incident and everything else. So, um, you know, anyways. Just yeah, I'm in. So whatever you guys need, freeze, Mike, Brayton, chiz, I'm in. So I'm the official MCR correspondent. You're gonna start writing their PRs and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's what you've been doing all day. You're right, exactly. So, anyways, listen, dude. Once the, once a team gets the the, the cloak of Brayton over them, eh, everything's well, fixed. And chiz I mean, too. We like, just need to maybe maybe Trump should have picked him up real quick for the cabinet. Probably would have solved a lot of these problems right now. Well, and Chiz, too. Like, it's pretty hard not to like Chiz. I mean, even even Chad Reed, who Chiz tried to take out in the championship chase, <laughs> is now friends with, Ch- with, with, with Kyle Chisholm. I mean, it's... it's I defi- I'm glad you tried to plant Osborne and Chiz onto these two teams to try to get... Yeah. Uh, get back in. Get away in. 
Yeah. So, anyways, I'm in. Uh, Bogle, rough night for Bogle. Crashed early in the main event. I spoke to him a little bit afterwards. Uh, yeah, he's, he just basically said he's bombed. He's got to figure this out, you know. Um, can't can't keep it on two wheels, JT Bogle. And that's kind of been we're you know we're a year and a half into his 450 career, not quite a year and a half, and that's been a story. Fast, can't keep it on two wheels. Yeah, we haven't seen, uh, and I don't know, I don't know anything in, about their setups or bikes. I haven't ridden either bike or anything like that, but we haven't seen the uh, full shot and run up front for a few laps, blazing speed from Bogle that we saw last year. I felt like mm-hmm. um, he was winning some heat races last year. He was he was making his mark. You know, maybe heat. the results weren't there. But he, he won a heat race on Geico. Yeah, he did. Must have been um, towards the end. Yeah, but he he just hasn't had that quite yet. So it's early. Um, Jury's you know still out Mm -hmm. on the season, but uh, he definitely hasn't been. um, I don't know. I I guess for the team, from where they came from, winning the outdoor championship and winning races last year, I think there was a lot of hope for Bogle to be that guy. At Mm -hmm. least get him on the you know on TV and winning some races, qualifying races, and doing. He just really hasn't been there quite yet. So. We'll see how that changes as we move east because it was kind of the same last year where none of that happened until we moved east. So maybe that maybe that'll be the difference. Yeah. Weege, can you stop assembling like an IKEA table in the background or whatever you're doing? I don't know. They are close with your guests. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, we're gonna take a commercial break here. Anything else? Four fifty wise? Noof? Anybody? Anything? No. Well, I guess on the Bogle thing, I mean, we did see a whole shot from him, but it didn't last very long. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, yeah. And I was surprised he actually came back this weekend. I thought his injuries were a little worse, but I mean. I wouldn't give up on him yet. I think no. he'll. Uh, I think he's got the speed. He just needs to figure it out. This was a great track for Tickle. Uh, sloppy, muddy, kind of that. You know, he's good at that stuff. And just, I mean, he he got eleventh, which I think is a season best for him, but or close to it. But yeah, I never, I never really got going. All right, uh, let's take a commercial break here on the Fly Racing Racer X uh, podcast show. Listen to this commercial from Michelin, Michelin Starcross Five. And Racetech suspension. You need a discount from Racetech. Pulpamex 17 is the code. Racetech engines and uh, suspension now for those guys. Uh, and they do the suspension for the Moto Concepts team. Great team. Great guys. Using Racetech. It's a fantastic relationship. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Racetech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. (laughs) 
Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come in the corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version of the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Yeah, we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, flyracing.com. Please check them out. Uh, get the latest and greatest uh, from flyracing.com. Of course, Fly Racing JT, down a rider with Weston Pike, and that sucks. Like surgery, maybe the outdoors, or hopefully the outdoors, but uh, he was on fire. Poor Weston. Down Weston Pike. We're down JG. We're down Purcell. Wait, we're are down you? Kennard, are we're down Kennard. We're down, yeah, it's... It's, it's a triage unit over here. Hold on, Grant. You think Grant's going to be out for a bit? Or Well, I don't know. He didn't race. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so. just Oakland, right? He did do opening ceremonies. So. Right. Um, I'm just saying as far as people that didn't race this past weekend, it did, was it was. Did a, you say? Did you say down really Purcell? Did you say down Purcell? I did. Okay, yeah. So. Yeah. And where are we at with Kennard? He's got to be back soon. I think Dallas. Yeah, I think okay. Dallas. Yeah, he's been riding. So, um, yep. Bummer for Weston, for sure. Riding great. And I guess Weimer keeps get that ride. We I asked him; he didn't know, but I would imagine so. Weimer, I think it's most likely yeah. put it that way. Right. Um, all right, two fifty Supercross class. Uh, Justin Hill won again. I like him for the title. <laughs> I'm, I'm, jump, against I'm him. jumping on it now. I'm finally jumping on it. Um, this kid's great. He's on fire right now, and uh, he rode a great race. Fell. Halfway through, and did you guys notice when he got up after his fall, he went balls out for like a lap or two and almost ate crap three more times. Um, full panic. Yeah, full panic. Dragon's back. He was like right <laughs> sideways. Whoops, his feet were off. Yeah. It was only about a lap, I think, and then okay, yeah. all of a sudden he just realized that he's like, I still it's got okay. Yeah, I still it's got okay. this. Right, right. He almost threw it away again. Now, what came first in that crash? He hit the... Uh, his front wheel, hit, his front brake hit the tough block, or he hit a rock or a piece of wood or something, it was right? The wood. It was the wood, and it was hard to see, but he came in there fine, and there was like literally a log, probably two inches around, and the rear wheel hit it, and then when it hit it, it threw him down, and that's when the front brake. That's why it threw him over the front. Was that Phil? What Phil tweeted about Nicoletti tweeted like hitting the, the plywood. I don't know if that was it or what. Well, 
I don't know. I read somewhere that there was like chunks of wood everywhere. Somebody put an Instagram photo up and there was like literally. Well, that was Grant, right? Bricks and yeah, yeah. Grant did that. Yeah. Bricks and logs and everything. A bum. <laughs> there, was, there was a bum stuck in there. Um, uh, Mark Davis's hair. It's kind of funny. You'll have to ask uh, Villeman about that because Villeman said, tell Jeff that there's nothing in the tracks. They're hitting their front brake on the tough block, and that's where they're crashing. But then two laps later, Fro had an instant replay with the telestrator of a three-foot-long log stick laying right in the rut. Oh, okay. So I know Villeman is very opinionated. <laughs> I would like to see him wiggle out of this one. Um, he doesn't like to jump to conclusions, which is nice. <laughs> I got a voicemail from Brian. Footage. I got a voicemail from Brian Swink. He's not happy with Villeman. Wants to fight him. Really? I would pay to yeah. see that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so oh. maybe we'll play that on the Pulp and Mech show tonight. I think so. That'd be good. I don't really want to give Swink publicity, but it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love right. the Villeman stuff. Don't get me wrong, but that one was funny. Him right. throwing it out there and then two laps later seeing a replay. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, Marty got second, uh, and McElrath got third, but Jimmy D put serious heat on McElrath. I haven't watched a TV show. I plan to do it today. Did they show that on the TV show? Dakota? Uh, some, some yes, some no. Okay. Um, it was a tough one to cover, I think, because, okay, Dakota's actually passed him at one point, right? Yeah. And the whoops. And yep. McElrath got him back. That track, man, that has to be a nightmare to cover because you never know when a battle is going to materialize. One dude makes a mistake. So I can't even remember. I saw them battling a lot, but I can't even remember if they got to them. Uh, it was the last lap that almost came down here, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all over him at the yeah. last lap. I remember those two went down yeah. in the heat. They 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 collided yeah. in the whoops. And The best part about Jimmy D for me the whole, the whole night was, well, he tried to make that pass around the outside of McElrath in the heat. Um, through the whoops, and then they collided at the end. Well, he did the exact same move in the main event and executed it. Yeah. How he was going through those whoops so fast. His bike yeah. looked unbelievable. Does anybody on this call remember Jimmy D being a whoop monster? Never. Like, is it, did, I, did, we, did I miss a memo somewhere? Because he was really good, too. He was on fire through the whoops. And, and of course, he, you know, he's only, you know, he's only, what, a little bit taller than Jeremy Martin, you know? I used to use Jimmy Dakota as a means of measurement and got him upset, so I can't can't go there again. But um, yeah, he was good. So, uh, but like I said earlier about uh, Dunge, JT McElrath's playing with fire here. He is taking a beating, and he lost his points lead, but only by one. Um, but he he's got to fix this thing this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's only a one point deal. I, I don't think it's. I don't think there's any reason to do anything differently. Uh, you look at, you know, Glendale. He, I mean, there was a war till the checkered flag. Like, they were, you know, nose to tail there. And then this past weekend, you know, okay, Justin was a little better. Uh, Shane was there, you know. Um, there was a crash, and they almost got back around him again. And if you go back and look at Justin Hill's history, he hasn't been able to ever hold it together. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is the year. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. And Shane, you know, he won won a couple races. He's been on the podium. I don't think there's any reason to to stress. You just do what you do. Continue to get on the podium. Go for the win when it's there. And you know, we're five races in, and it's a one point difference. So why you know why panic or worry right now? Just continue to do what you're doing. No, no, not at all. Continue to do what you're doing. You're crashing in heats and going to LCQs, LCQ. and then you're barely, you know, you're luckily pulling a start in Glendale, and and you know, again this week, like don't keep doing what you're doing. Nah, whatever. That's those are all outlier. That's all weird weirdo <laughs> stuff. Like he was winning the heat race. Like it's not, 
it's that's silly stuff. Like that's gonna even itself out. It's not like he's riding over his head and throwing it away in these qualifiers. Like stupid stuff's happening. So I wouldn't I wouldn't stress about that. Oh, I would. Okay. Well, I'm sure that he will uh, he'll follow up with you on that, and he'll come find you at Moto Concepts, and you guys can talk it out. I will be at Moto Concepts. I will be there. Freeze. All right. Not happy with either one of you two, by the way. So. You guys got some explaining. I'm more than fine with that. You have some explaining to do if either one of you are over there <laughs> eating their catering. So, <laughs> if there's one thing, if there's one, I stand by what I say. If there's one place where we can always find JT, it's where's JT? Oh, he's at Moto Concepts. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. If I've seen him once, I've seen him there a thousand times. Uh, I'm sure the week uh, or, or a few hours before the Anderson incident and at Hunt Two, where I did go over to get Freeze's take, and they were all. Thanking me for coming over there and talking to him. I'm sure at that point I was telling like it is. <laughs> right, you know, right, I'm probably right, just the right. hater. Yeah. Uh, hey, so Dakotas, that's a career best or career? I think it tied a career best for Dakotas. Am I right? And anybody know anything about Geico PRs on this call? No, I don't know. It's Paige Craig does those. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Phil got a fifth. Yeah, that is a tie. Oh, is a, he okay. got fourth at Anaheim one last year. What? Really? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. do remember this. Yeah, I do remember that now. Uh, Phil got Phil got a fifth, and that's just so Phil conditions, right? Just hammering through. So, well, yeah, but I don't think Phil would consider anything good. Like, he's still probably pissed and thought it sucked, right? Yeah, yeah, probably not. not probably not stoked. Uh, no. Plessinger JT Plessinger is uh, that was a great track for him. Great conditions we've seen him go, but uh, man, he's got to get a start. He's just he's not. <laughs> Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Um, if that track doesn't give him the best chance to win a race, uh, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. So um, in every series, for every rider, there's going to be opportunities where you've got to basically you know, yeah. take advantage of, of what's in front of you. And I felt like that was that, was that situation for Plessinger. Uh, McElrath had to go to the LCQ, so he's going to have a terrible gate pick. Uh, Justin Hill, you know, he's still Justin Hill, but... I feel like if you're going to go do it, that was the night you've got to go do it and get some points back. And yeah. he didn't do it. And not only that, he lost 10 more to Justin Hill. I really thought Noof that it was Plessinger's race. Like, I'm like. I mean, you would think by the track conditions and stuff, but I mean, he did only have the fourth fastest time in, yeah. the, in the main. And his heat wasn't great. No. Right? He so. just looked, I don't know, kind of yeah. a little bit sketchy all night. Um, Chisholm 7th. Starling got a new ride on the, uh, what is that team? JMC. JMC. Husqvarna. Husqvarna. And McConaughey got a ride, new ride and got a ninth um, on a 51. Man, he had a rough practice session. Oh, JT, dude. I was sitting there watching, and I was in a group chat with some guys. He crashed two laps in a row in the whoops, two laps in a yeah, row. I was, I was still there at that point. I watched the practices before I left, and it was it was unbelievable. So between the Every two, time I looked up, he was crashing in the whoops. Between the two practices, five times in the whoops, and they weren't just. <laughs> I mean, a couple of them were just like, oh, went off the track and kind of slid out, but. Yeah. Two out of the five were spectacular over the bars, <laughs> bike on top of him, and he was just shaking his head getting up. Like I was like, yeah. I give him a lot of credit though because yeah. I can guarantee you after the first one, I pack it in and start totally. doubling through him or tripling or whatever. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. No, because so credit to Noah. Yeah, ninth place. Because I kept seeing him on the ground, and then I'd go to my phone and I looked at the lap times, and he was still his Wait. times were pretty good. Well, JT Noof is watching McConaughey because McConaughey races his Arena Cross Series in BC mm-hmm. against the Noof, you know. So right. Noof is basically trans transfixing himself onto McConaughey and where Noof would be. 
Yeah, I was right. pretending, yeah. With, you know, yeah, I'm, living I'm vicariously like, through. And I'm like, these whoops aren't even that hard. We do this every weekend in yeah. BC, Arena right, Cross, right. Barnes. And so, Noof is like, hey, with a month of training, I can be McConaughey, basically. Right around there. Right, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> not. Um, I'm kidding, yeah. Uh, Heath Harrison uh, screwing my fantasy team over with a 10th. Good job by him. He looked good all day. Uh, Reardon went down in that th- in that Forkner crash. Forkner DNF'd. Um, is he all right? Is he fine? Do we know? I didn't. I, I went over I'm that after sure. the race, but pretty good crash. Forkner? Yeah. Well, the, for whatever they're worth, team press release said he's fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Can't trust us PR people, though. <laughs> no, terrible. Terrible PR. Fake news. Um, what else? Uh, what else caught your eye? Uh, oh, AJ Catanzaro. Yeah. Second fastest qualifier. Yeah, I was surprised when I Second saw that. The beat practice, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what what was yeah. weird about that? And maybe you guys have some insight on this. We were Steve and I were talking about this yesterday, and he rode the C practice in the first one, and then the B practice in the second one. Like I don't know what happened. So did you get the new track both times? Because they yes. flipped them. They flipped the practices. Yeah. Yeah, but. It would still be B. If he was B, he would be in B both practices. No? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Right, but, no that's, but that's what I was just saying. I, I was saying the saying, order. I didn't oh, know. Yeah. The order flips for some reason. Yeah. Right. Well, they give, they give each group the the best chance at a new track. Yeah. They want, they want to make it as fair as they can. Yeah. But I love how, like, you know, the, the cat, we like the cat. Cat's a good dude. I think we know him, or at least most of us know him. And then, you know, you, you don't mention it on Twitter or whatever, and these people are just like, you hate him, you hate him. Go away. Stop Spectacular it. crash, though, in the main event with uh, with Hanny. Hanny landed right on top of him. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. But you, you got to know with New England riders and fans, you're going to hear about it if you don't give them their due credit. That's just that's New England fans. No way. In general, all sports. The cat's not New England. Yeah, sure he is. is. The cat's Missouri or something. No, no. No, no. It's Massachusetts. The cat's from New England. Massachusetts. Really? Almost positive, yeah. He's uh, 100%. He's, Jim, he's Jimmy D. Yep. Yeah. 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 Grew up yeah. racing any yep. NESC. Oh, I thought the cat was Missouri. Why did I think that? I don't know. Um, the Missouri, uh, they're, they're the Missouri Tigers. Missouri Mafia. Has Forkner and, and Jimmy Jimmy Albertson. Um, Were you saying that the cat needed to show you after practice? Oh, uh, I don't know. I forgot, to, I forgot to put him on a list, and people on Twitter are very upset. And then JT, I retweeted the part where you said, hey, just fantasy people beware. The track was better. And that was still shitting on the cat. Like, that's just absolutely. That's why sh- I put the ducks. Yeah. I put ducks yeah, in there yeah, because yeah. you just know what's yeah, coming. Yeah, just just yeah, just yeah, shitting all over the cat second place time. Oh, geez, these people. Um, so, anyways, the cat, yeah, involved with Hanny. Hanny DNF, bad bad deal for him. He Did was you see down, that crash? He was down for a while. Yeah, I saw it. The crash yeah. was ugly. Yeah, yeah, it was ugly. Yep. But, okay, so what happened? The cat dub singled? Yeah, well, the, he, he got, like, cross-read it, and he checked up, and he yep. knew Hanson was there because he looked yep. up. And Hanson kind of with the way that that double threw yep. you, um, it was it was. Nasty. I saw the end. I saw the handy land on him, but I couldn't quite, like, did Cat single? Or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he rolled yeah. it, and yeah. they met at the – a little line. bit of both of their fault, I think. Um, the yeah. Cat's got to know that he's about to get landed on and kind of get out of the way. Get out of the way And quick. then Hanny's got to make a smart decision in there well, at the last second about whether to jump or not. So. You know, it's unfortunate, but both of them probably could be like, yeah, I probably could have done that a little bit. But the old saying is true. The cat did land on his feet and keep going. <laughs> he did land on his feet, yep. Weeds, you know you know all about pets and animals, so. Yeah, I don't have a cat uh, or a dog, uh, and I cannot believe you had this entire conversation about him referring to him as the cat. 
Closest closest the we get to a cat is even Chinese crash food. and everything. You just the cat did this, the cat did that. He's just the cat. He doesn't even have a name anymore. <laughs> He's the cat, bro. It's, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> remember last year on Twitter, I'd be like Devin Raper, and I'd be like the cat Raper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd forget the comma. You know, I'd forget the comma in there when I was listing the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The cat raper is out there. <laughs> um, uh, all right. All right. So let's go this 250 title. I, I'm, I was on I was on Plessinger or Forkner preseason to win this thing. I held strong with Plessinger for a while. I was always the shit on Shane podcast. I feel like we didn't give him enough credit, but he, he's been great. And so I'm going to continue the shit on Shane podcast and go with Hill now for this title like I just this kid's got all the momentum he's got this everything going together I don't know McElrath's been awesome he's been strong but man he's made some mistakes lately so I will pick Hill now and once again skip over McElrath when I'm sorry everybody I love Shane he's a good dude I just I guess I still need to be shown more or something I don't know but Newf who do you like yeah I mean I mean coming in I thought Forkner was kind of going to be the guy but you know, it's hard to get bet against Hill right now. I mean, he's got the momentum, but that that could change. I don't think Shane's out of it. Well, he's obviously no, not out no. of it yet by any means, but he's yeah. got to be semi a little bit panicking because, you know, the speed hasn't quite been there the last two weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, that can all change going to a dome this weekend, a little bit harder packed, and uh, I think he'll be. And let's face it, too, with this eight-week break, who knows what happens. Well, yeah. That, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. that's a long time. Uh, JT, who do you like? I was thinking about it while you guys were talking about it. Um, looking at what's left, okay, Dallas, I think uh, I think that McElrath will be very good as long as he's healthy and that there's no uh, injuries from that heat race. I think he'll be great this weekend mm-hmm. in Dallas. I think that track works for his strengths. But then if you look at what's left, uh, you know, Seattle, Salt Lake, um, what else am I missing? But there's there's some rounds where we could get some, some inclement weather. Uh, and then to wrap it up is at Vegas, which I think is, is another track for McElrath. So I'm going to stick with Shane. Um, I think Hill okay. is going to win races, but I think I still think he's going to make a mistake. And he did this weekend. He crashed this weekend. But I, I think we're I think he's going to make a mistake, and I think that's going to give Shane just the edge he needs. And I think it'll be close. I think at Vegas will come down to those two. But I think uh, I think Shane pulls it out. Weed, are you going to stick with J-Mart? <laughs> yeah, I think it's ridiculous that okay. you guys are changing week to week. That's not allowed. Right. You, you got to put your balls on the tank. Yep. You pick who you pick. So, sorry, Forkner Plessinger, that was your pick. It's not going to work out. I'm sticking with J-Mart. Yeah, you were J-Mart. Looking very yeah. unlikely. But you can't pick favorites. You can't change weekly. What What even is that? Well, of course. Let's pick the dude who won three races in a row. Sounds good to me. All right, well, fine. Then I'll stick with Plessinger. All right, fine. I got Plessinger still. Yeah. And we just yeah. J-Mart is A1 pick. Is pre-A1 pick. You, uh, you, that, that's only the way it should be. Uh, the only way it should be. Well, I, I prefaced it yeah. my with I prefaced mine with saying I picked Forkner or Plessinger. You know, I want people to know that I'm not just so. Yeah. All right. Does uh, All right, well, let me be the first to congratulate Eli Tomac. Congratulations, your new Monster Energy Supercross champion. There's no crown, Weege. There's no crown. No. Just like Rob. I think you think Dunge is purposely laying up just to to prove his point. Maybe he just wants Cooksey to know that it's not going to be a Dunge romp, so he's purposely laying up to. To does, case. does Tomac win again this weekend, Dallas? Is this just noof? Is this just unstoppable? I mean, I would seem to think that way, but, I mean, there's 
It's got to end at some point. When's Anderson going to take over? Okay, never mind multiple wins for Sealy. People, some people thought that. What, you mean take over? Like take over the series? He missed a round. You know that, right? No, I meant like when's Anderson going to like lead some laps? Like lead half well, a Well, he won the heat race pretty convincingly. I think yep. it's coming. Okay. So All right. It's going to happen. All right. Yep. He just got to get a start in the main event. His starts in the main event have been Well, he got terrible. one this week. But, yeah, different deal. All, this, tough with, track, yeah. Well, yeah, tough track. With the way the track was, you were. One mistake, yep. and it was tough to make it back up, but. Um, I so, think Dunge wins this weekend. Dunge wins this weekend? Is that going to be your yep. column? You're, you have to write a prediction column every week, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Dunge. I think uh, looking at the track, as busy as it is, I don't think that Eli will have uh, this huge corner speed edge. Okay. Uh, I think that Ryan will get the start. It's a very short start, and that's good for Ryan. He's great out of the gate. Um, I think he'll get out front, and, and he will he'll do what he needs to do. I think he, the track's going to be really tough to pass on from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. there's a lot of 90s and a lot of – I just don't think there's going to be a lot of separation. I think the track's going to be technical, but everyone's going to do exactly the same obstacles, and uh, I think that, that plays into Ryan's hands. Maybe we see Marv back up front with that kind of track. He would have been up front. He, he was turning the fastest lap times of the race once he got going again. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in 10th or whatever, 12th, yeah. whatever place he was in at the time. He was turning the, the fastest laps on the track, but he just put himself in a bad spot. Right. Weege? Tomac, keep this thing going? Uh, three in a row, I think, is just tough to, to do in general, uh, the way that things are right now. So just because he already got two, I'm going to say that he doesn't win this weekend, but I think we're far from over as far as hearing him making noise. He's going to win a lot more, I just don't think, this weekend. All right. Cool. Fly racing. Anything else, boys? Anything else? Um, Cover it. Reed, what's what's Reed prediction? He bounced back, or is it more of the same? Because he's only got one good race. He's been like eight, nine, six, know. nine. You know, he's right in there. Other than he one. told us last week that everything was better. He told us that Yamaha wasn't letting him do some stuff. It wasn't working out. He did some stuff, and bikes better. And this is this is a, a positive step. He's going to be better this weekend. I'm I'm predicting that because of the bike. But well, his perception the of the right, bike. How right. about that? He's I don't know. I got I got to text him. Uh, I need a quote from him for this other story. So, yeah, I think he turns it around. I, I think he did say last week, though, although they made progress and things got better, that he still was in a show-me mood of, I'll have to see. This bike will have to prove to me that it's got it on these soft tracks. I don't think he left Glendale saying, and when it's ruddy and soft, we got that figured out, too. I think he was hoping. Well, but, uh, I think Cooper showed him. Apparently not. Well, Cooper showed him. You know, the the one problem to keep in mind here is we've said this over and over, right? Even Chad has admitted that no one sets up a bike like he does. So just because yeah. we're on the same brand or team, it's not like he can just borrow what Cooper's doing, right? No, I agree with that. You can't. Chad's Chad's goofy. Not goofy no, in a bad but the, way. The but... problem is, is that Chad has talked himself into this. This bike can't do it. That's where he's at. Mm-hmm. That That is where he I has see. been for a year now. So... The bike can do it. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to figure it out or his settings will work or he can ride Cooper's bike or any of that. I'm just saying the argument of this bike can't do it has now been disproven. So where does he go from here? I have no idea. So what, what, what you're saying, JT, is we always praise his headstrongness and how, mm-hmm. how he's that way mentally. It also can be negative. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he is one of those people that once he gets an idea in his head, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, yep. that's the only way it can be. Yep. 
And you don't agree with him, you are a moron. There is no other way to look at it. So <laughs> no, I... when it's when it's bad, it's really bad. And when it's good and you, you get a race like Glendale, you're like, How the hell did that happen? Well, it's easy. Chad just thought he could do it. Yep. And and for us, uh, you know, we always talk about how Stu used to just beat him down and then uh he would he Chad would win the next week, like no big deal. That's well he that's the positive he was side of it. Convinced he was always convinced that he was as good and that he right. can beat him on any given night. Yep. Yep. So, so double edged sword there for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um all right. Flyracing.com. Please. He did volunteer. That was the team he wanted that was the team and brand he wanted to go home with the uh, tuning fork in the O of home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what, and that's what we're all trying those to great memories of all those great times of the brand that he said, if I'd had a better bike back then, I could have beaten our scenes too. I want to go back to those good times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just saying like, it's so funny how this, I mean, heck, Ken uh, wanted to get back on a Suzuki only to struggle mightily on a Suzuki in the first year on it while the KTM that he needed to desperately get off of kicked everybody's ass that entire year. It's amazing how this works. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it makes our I mean, job so hard. Thing. It's an everybody thing. The, it's an everybody no, thing. That's why the, if you're in the media or you're a fan, this target constantly moves from bike and setup to in shape. Like, you're like, we're trying to nail it down, and you can never nail it down because the riders move the no. target. They move the target. No. Yeah. Dunge won everything in 2010 in a Suzuki and then needed to get off of that. POS yes. bike the next year to get on a KTM, which had never won anything. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's and every one of them done this. And and, and, us, and us three argue about setup versus rider. You know, we want to kill each other on it because. But meanwhile, nothing's ever right. Tomac had to get off that POS Honda that he rode right. in 2015. Yes. And it took an entire year, maybe now, to get back to that level on the bike he desperately needed to get on. <laughs> yep, <laughs> absolutely. Um, FlyRacing.com, Fly Racing. Fly racing, fly racing. I think I said that enough. No one's uh, listening at this point anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, good point. Nanoof, uh, thanks for coming in, buddy. Yeah, thanks for thank stepping you. in. Atlas Brace, atlasbrace.com. Yes, sir. That's the, that's the guys you work for and represent. Yeah, the guys much, you don't like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheers, though. Yeah, we like the chin. Yeah. yeah. How much Atlas Brace work did you do this weekend? A little bit. A little bit. I kind of talked to – there wasn't a whole lot to do, but um, okay. talked to some guys, and you know, yeah. I guess I'll be taking care of Kristoff in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. If Porcel cares about it, I think he wins like Davey. But I don't know if he cares about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it would depend on his deal. I, I mean, if there's some incentive there where there's some extra money to make, for sure. But yep. um, it's hard to say which one will show up. I mean, we say that about him down here. Yeah. What do you think, JT? Uh, he'll win races. He'll have weekends where you're kind of scratching your head, too. Yeah. Um, but he's he's going to have weekends where it clicks, and he he's going to go in thinking he's the best guy, which I think is important. Yep. Um, so I think you'll you'll see a bit up and down. I don't know how it'll play out in the points, but right. he'll win he'll win some motos and races. I feel for him, it's going to be really different. Like even like Davey, obviously it was a shock to him when he got up there, but we don't have goggle guys. We don't have guys running a, like we just don't have guys you know what i mean and i feel that i don't know porcel but i feel that he needs i mean i guess he has his wife that kind of takes care of him but i feel he needs guys guys if that makes any sense johnny you know, Knowles will send him a couple hundred pair of goggles pre-built i guess be there, good you, to go. there yeah. you go but um yeah yeah you're right it, it can is. be different yeah absolutely and uh why can't this week online we're coming up with a 96 story is, it, is this happening this week 14 and 1 believe uh, Wednesday. Nice. Finally. Nice. Finally happening. Yep. We're going to clear the website, 
Like you're going to have an isolation play. We're just going to go one-on-one. There's going to be one story posted on the top of the site on Wednesday. 1996 story of the Supercross. Oral history, 1996 Supercross series. Oh, good. So. Very good. I, I recommend putting in the five hours that it will take for folks to read it. <laughs> I know, really, right? I've, at this point, I think I've read it 20 times and wasted that much times in my life. Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Subscribe to the magazine, RacerX Online, uh, and subscribe to RacerX Magazine, please. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. So um, help us keep doing uh, this kind of podcast and, and that kind of stuff. And different content in the magazine than what's online, everybody. So please remember that. Um, for Jason Thomas, for Jason Wygant, for the Noof, I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Podcast. Thanks, boys. See Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. No problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,